This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and today you'll be hearing the story of two extraordinary fighters. Tanya Abyad has overcome breast cancer twice, and fitness model Max Vardan tells his story of surviving the disease. Inspired by their courageous battles and many others, the first Lebanese woman to summit Mount Everest, Tima Dirian, is holding a hike tomorrow at Wadi Shoka in support of those affected by the illness. Tima, Tanya and Max, as well as Dr. Tamir Fadi, consultant breast surgeon at MediClinic, are joining me here today to talk all things breast cancer. Hala and welcome to you all. Hi, good morning. Hi, good morning. So great to have you. So great to have you. Now, Tanya and uh, Max, I, I want to come to you both uh, about your stories uh, dealing with breast cancer and the disease itself. But to to kind of kick things off, um, I want to ask you, Tima, in terms of creating uh, this hike tomorrow, coming up with it and saying, I want to do this. uh, Why did you decide to to do this for tomorrow? Um, Okay, so I know Tanya, I think around four years now, we used to work together and I knew about her um, sickness. And uh, last year I was climbing Karsten's Pyramid and uh, I saw her posting that she has been diagnosed for the second time. So I did the climb uh, for her, but we never <laughs> met after that. But, uh, and this is where I started learning more about breast cancer because I was looking at her story throughout. She kept on posting and she really inspired me in how she's still fighting. And everybody saw me as a hero climbing mountains, but I saw her the real hero, like fighting a really bad disease. So this year I decided, I'm like, okay, I spoke to her. I'm like, what if I put a hike together and you just come and speak about your story? Because I truly believe it's extremely inspiring for other women and creating awareness since everybody's like creating the awareness around it so um, I used all the connections that I have when I came back from Everest from media to sponsors to like products everything and um, yeah what's happening tomorrow I'm very excited there's more like more than 85 people attending the event um, it's more and more every time I talk to you it's quite <laughs> incredible <laughs> Iman and Majali uh, our very own uh, yeah, Iman here at Pulse she is going to be going there as well. Yeah. It, it's amazing to see that you're putting this together. Uh, but um, Tanya, let's kind of start with you and sure. your story. Talk to us about the first time that you were diagnosed and <coughs> what happened there. Uh, so the first time I was diagnosed was around uh, five, five and a half years ago. It was when I first moved to Dubai. I just started getting a lot of bronchitis. I started the job and I was getting sick every month. I was getting bronchitis, bronchitis twice a month. And then I felt something on my, I felt a small lump. Uh, and and, and this, <laughs> this is really important. Always trust your gut. Cause I went and obviously no mention and uh, they told me it was fine. And then I was like, okay, no, something in my gut felt wrong. I was like, okay, I need to go get a second opinion. <clears throat> so when I went and I got a second opinion, they did mammograms, they did everything. And then they did the biopsy. They did the core needle biopsy, which is thicker tissue, getting more tissue from inside. And uh, it was 100% uh, cancer, so breast cancer. What stage were you at at, I was, at that point? Well, it was stage two. 
stage two at that point. And yeah. do you mind me asking how old you were at the time? I was 35. 35. So even before the age of 40, when we're all kind of told, you know, make sure you get your mammogram at the age of 40. Oh, definitely. I'm I'm pro getting mammograms before the age of 40. Okay. Yeah, okay. because I, I mean, uh, it happened to me once at 35 and now it happened again at 40. So. And, and what, what did you feel at that point when uh. you were told this? <laughs> I was uh, numb. I was numb. Uh, you, you just got, I don't know, you hear echoes in your head. Uh, I couldn't function. I felt like I was about to fall down. It was, uh, it was surreal. It was like, what? because you don't know what that means. What does that mean? At, at that point, you're just told you have breast cancer. You didn't know the stage. So the first thing you think is, okay, does this mean, am I going to die? Am I going to live? Is it curable? Is it not? Is it treatable? Is it not? So this, you just have these questions. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, it wasn't, I wasn't thinking so much about me. I was like, how the hell am I going to tell my parents and my family? I was more worried about them and their reaction than, and their pain than mine. That's extraordinary. To be honest. And that so. is so interesting because that's something that I hear a lot from people diagnosed with cancer and breast cancer. They're like, I don't even know how to tell my mother or my loved ones. Yeah, because they're going to they're gonna worry. You're going through the disease, but they're going through it with you. So mm. I'm, imagine a, a mother, a father, a sister. They're, they're in pain just as much as you are because they, they feel helpless. So. Of course. And yeah. so from that point, what did you do? What happened? Uh, <laughs> as soon as I uh, saw my doctor, who's been my doctor for the last five, five years, uh, he just told me the protocol of what I would need to do, and it was estrogen positive, which me- you know, which means that ca- my cancer feeds off of estrogen, and I have really high amounts of estrogen, which kind of, I don't know. Sometimes I tell myself that explains my oversensitivity and my drama. So maybe <laughs> it's the estrogen. I don't know. <laughs> now they're trying to kill all the estrogen, and I'm still just as sensitive, so I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he told me what I needed to do. They they suggested the lumpectomy because it was not that big yeah. and it was safe enough to remove. They gave me the option of mastectomy, but I said no at that time. Uh, and it was localized, so it hadn't spread anywhere. So I did the lumpectomy. I did chemo. I did radiation. Lost my hair. Did the whole thing. You know what's what's really interesting when you're when you're in it. Once you know what the protocol is, once you know what the treatment is, you suddenly find strength to do the whole thing. Because you're like, okay, I know what I need to do, or at least that happened with me. Okay, it's one, two, three, four. All right, خلاص. Put your courageous hat on and then just get get going. Because it is is it that thing of not knowing what's going to happen that kind of gets you at first? Not knowing what stage, not knowing if it's spread or it hasn't spread. This part is. The, the scariest, I would think. Yeah. And then, obviously, before you start chemo. So what I did, because it was obviously my first time, I was Googling a lot, which is <laughs> the worst thing I can possibly do. Because if you have a freckle, it tells you cancer. If you have an itch, it tells you cancer. So I was Googling a lot. And uh, when I Googled about chemo, obviously, all the bad stuff of chemo came out where, oh, it's going to screw you over. You're not going to walk. This thing happened. You die from it. So I was, like, I was getting like, panic attacks. Of course. Yeah. yeah. But and but once you kind of sat down with your doctor and, and worked out the plan of action. Yes. And once I started my first scheme and I had a lot of family support and friends and I was doing a lot of visualizations and pretending it was like happy medicine coming in, white light in my body. Once I did all these things, I calmed down. Um, it's interesting, uh, Dr. Tamara, I want to bring you in here. Um, uh, Tanya's talking about her breast cancer being uh, b- because of having too much estrogen. There are actually different types of breast cancer, aren't there? Yes, there are many types of breast cancer. Uh, some are estrogen positive and some are estrogen negative, but this is only one classification. We classify breast cancer by many, many means. Sometimes you classify them by the way they look. Sometimes we classify them by hormone receptor action. Sometimes recent thing, 
according to biological factors that are classified into four types of breast cancer. Of course, estrogen-positive tumors are much better and easier to treat because we have another weapon to play with, not mm. only the chemotherapy, but we also have the hormonal treatment. Mm. I also would like to comment about mammography. Why mammography above 40? Because actually mammography detects uh, something that is white, microcalcification or tumor. When the <coughs> lady is young, the breast tissue is dense. So we don't see white against white. When it is above 40, we can see easier because the breast tissue is less dense, so it is less white. So we can see something white among the black background. Right. That's why we do mammography at the age of 40. But screening, yes, we start at the age of 40, but we can do screening for any member, for example, of her family. She has to start five to 10 years before the age she, she had. And what does that mean when you talk about screening? <coughs> screening, we have many methods of screening. Mm. We have breast self-examination that is done by the lady herself. Okay, we have breast examination by a doctor or by a health professional. We have regular mammography and we even have more aggressive methods of screening in, in very high risk patients. For example, someone who did gene testing and she find out that she has a gene that she will develop breast cancer somewhere in her life. Like and the, she, the BRCA Yes, the BRCA1. Okay, right. so and she is actually is not comfortable that we will do prophylactic mastectomy, which is too much because some people who have breast cancer only did lumpectomy. So some people do not accept that we are doing bilateral prophylactic mastectomy without having cancer. Mm. Okay, so what are we going to do in this age, especially in young age? We can do follow-up or and screening with MRI even. Regular uh, magnetic reason, there is uh, ultrasound, like automated ultrasound now also for younger age if we need to do uh, screening in younger age group. Mm. Okay. Tanya, actually, she went to the doctor mm. and then the, the, the first doctor said to her, she's fine, uh, which is really shocking. They did, a bi they did a biopsy, but it was with a fine needle biopsy and that didn't show. So when I went to the other hospital, they mm. did a core needle, which is a thicker needle and getting more tissue. Mm. So, I mean, <coughs> yeah, no. <laughs> okay, also another comment. But of course, yeah. there is accuracy level when you have more tissue. And when you have also more experience, mm. because there is a small tumor, you may take the biopsy from beside it or from inflammation around it. It can be inaccurate. Yeah. Yes. So when you take more tissue and more accurate localization, mm. you're sure of having the definite diagnosis right. Yeah. So it needs a whole panel, not only uh, one doctor or something like this. A, and a, a more holistic way of looking yes, at it. Yes. Okay. So you have the breast radiologist who is really dedicated to this issue who can do the interventional techniques there is a dedicated breast surgeon there is a whole team that will decide i didn't realize um how kind of intense it was and and how many people are involved in this until you know mm. me getting a mammogram myself and now i have to get a, a different kind of biopsy i've done one already mm. they they're saying it might be stage zero what is called stage zero um you know you get mm. calcifications they're little white dots that show up mm. on a on a on a on a mammogram and they're just wondering what that is so you know it's interesting the, the, the number of people that you have to go through and i haven't gone through what you guys have gone through which is amazing uh we're going to continue in just a moment uh, with tanya max uh, dr tamar and uh, tima more to come here on life beats this is pulse 95 live beats with sally musa only on pulse 95 Talking uh, breast cancer today on the eve of the Hike Hope Honor event that Mountaineer 
team at Dirian is organising for tomorrow. And uh, as we know, breast cancer is not only an illness which affects women, but uh, one in 200 men or one in 100 men. I don't know. There are different uh, statistics around that. They actually suffer from breast cancer as well. So UAE-based fitness model Max Fadan, he was also hit with the disease. Um, uh, Max, this is something that is still relatively new in the public eye now as well. Um, We've talked about it on the show before. Earlier this month, um, we saw Beyonce's dad, uh, Matthew Knowles, come out and say that he had breast cancer as well. Talk to us about um, your experience, because I'm sure it's not something that you expected. Of course, no one has expected this kind of things. When I heard I have a cancer, I'm 24, and... And that time when I first time when I heard, it's so tough. Of course, it's a little bit hard for me because I don't expect no one is expect this kind of things, and I don't want to. It's touch from my for my family, so that's why I decide to don't tell my family, don't tell my my mom, my my dad, and my my wife. Again, you had this the, the same as what Tanya was telling us just before. Yes. That was your first thought. Yes. How am I going to tell my family? And you didn't want to tell them. Exactly. In fact, your parents still don't know. Yes. They don't uh, They don't know all things. They know a little bit like what I have surgery. Right. And I had, I, they don't know all, all these things, chemo, these things. They don't know it. They know just I had that small surgery. So, yeah, that's it. Because, because it's so hard to tell them. Because Tanya, Tanya told me, yeah, Tanya said like, it's so hard to tell family, the parents, and it's they cannot help you. They they just they just worried, and it it will hurt them. That that's why I decide yeah. to don't tell them. So at, at 24, what happened for you? How did you? How did the symptoms show up for you? Actually, it's nothing new. yet. I have a small like not comfortable in my chest, and. I decided to just check because it's like not even pain. It's not a pain. It's like feeling something here, and I I go to the hospital. I, I go to the doctor. It was second stage. Yeah. Also. And did they do uh, uh, like how did how would uh, they? I did it. I did yeah. it. Uh, MRI. Okay. In my country, right. also I did it like so many so many things testers like uh, things i'm really sorry i don't speak very well english so that's why i'm you're trying doing to great you're doing perfect thank yeah. you i'm trying to explain so yeah and after mri they they called me to uh, my doctor he called me uh, actually my doctor is amazing person first of all as a person because not most doctors uh, being you for f- like a like a friend yeah. he's treating me like a, his son and he's like called me like, um, hi my boy, how are you, Jose? All is good. I want to talk to your family. I, I said like, uh, you, I can't because they are busy and I cannot call them. What happened? You can tell me. Um, he said like everything is okay. Don't worry, everything mm. will be okay and you're fine. But you have a small <laughs> cancer. That's <laughs> 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 all. Just a little <laughs> cancer. It's yeah. a teeny weeny cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And I said okay. So what is this? I didn't understand it when the first time. You didn't like, know what he meant. No, I didn't understand it. Like after I start checking and um, Google it, like <laughs> like everyone doing this. Yeah. I Google it and. 
I saw there's like worst things <laughs> to come exactly and I, I get scared a little bit. I go nearest my home like uh, there is there is sea. I go there and I just sit there and I start thinking what should I do now next <laughs> like what happened with me? what gonna happen with me? I, uh, like I should tell my family or don't tell my family. I didn't understand even I, I sit there twelve hours until the morning so <laughs> Yeah, I, I. You just thought they had no idea what I you were gonna no, do next. No, no, I, I don't know it even. Yeah. I, I cried a little bit, and it, it's so emotional. And wow. I decided to don't tell my family. It's, I think it's like the best, best thing what I can do. Mm. So, and it's my doctor said that there, there is treatments, and I don't want to do these treatments there. And I, I, I did all treatment, most of treatment in my country. So uh, I decide to leave my country because I don't want to show them all this pain mm. it's not that it's I cannot explain to you these things it's yeah it's better to they don't they don't know this 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 feeling what, what I am feeling so that's why I just decide to leave country and and so what happened in terms of treatment what kind of treatments did you get I get some um, different kind of medicines and uh, like before surgery I get chemotherapy okay. And one more tip, it's like a mom, mom or something. I don't remember. No, it's something like this. I don't remember how to call this. And after that, I did surgery. It's like two and a half years ago. After that, I, I did more, uh, one more chemotherapy. Uh, like, like it's kind of stations there. Mm. So after that, they said you're cancer free. Now I'm already cancer free. And how long have you been cancer free now? Two years. Mabrook, congratulations. Thank you so Absolutely much. amazing. Thank you so um, much. But, you know, obviously there was a, a lot of fear around that. And again, uh, Dr. Tamar, you know, patients often often just going to Google because they're like, I don't know what is going on now. Um, so, you know, this is not very common, obviously, with, mm. with men. Talk to us about the kind of symptoms that men could be experiencing when it comes to breast cancer. Okay. The problem with cancer in general, it is not painful. That's why we ask people to do screening, though they don't feel anything. Mm. If, for example, someone has an abscess, which is inflammation, he will run to the doctor next day because it is so painful that he cannot really tolerate the pain. So pain will motivate patients to go to see a doctor. Right. The problem with most of cancers that they are painless. So what you usually feel is a painless lump. You feel uh, some things like this is hard, but it is not painful. So that's why you don't care. Mm. because it is not painful so it must be for women it is even the usually okay because I will have my period maybe I will like yep. this like this uh, it's hormonal it's, it's, it's going to be like a million things for yes, us we think, think. It, you know it's fine actually if it, uh, as they have said many people like okay I will go to the doctor but after my daughter gets married or after the exams of my son or after my dad will do like this so they always also think about their family and put priority to other people's things rather than themselves. No, what I adv- if most uh, common symptom is painless lump. But why we are promoting screening? Because actually, as you see, they both discovered it was a lump and it was stage two. No, we want to to discover people with stage zero and stage one, yeah. which is before they feel lump. That's why. That's why we are motivating breast cancer awareness. So we discover. So we don't even even have to go through chemotherapy and all this uh, thing. And also about the results of the treatment. Stage zero is one hundred percent 
cure. Stage one is 95, 97% cure. So it is actually much, much better if we can. In, in general, the symptoms for male, it is the same as female. Maybe painless lump, it may be bloody nipple discharge, it may be swelling in the axilla, or maybe it's something in the skin. You can see the nipple a little bit retracted or deviated mm. or whatever. And always, also, as you said, trust your guts. I have seen women coming with no symptoms, but they feel something is wrong. Yeah. Though, even as a clinician, I examine them, they are free. I do radiology, there is something there. But Trust your guts also. Yes, Tanya. If you feel something is wrong, please go do see it. a doctor. Absolutely, yes. go yes. and see someone and get yes. a second opinion. Yes. We're going to come back to you, Tanya, in just a moment because uh, you not only conquered cancer once, you did it twice. So we want to hear about the second time. <laughs> yeah. What happened there? Uh, lots more to come here on Life Beats on Pulse ninety five. You're listening to Pulse ninety Keeping it local, all day, every day. Live Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. A very special show that uh, we are doing all about uh, breast cancer today, both male and female breast cancer. With me in the studio, I've got uh, Max Fardan, a male breast cancer survivor, and uh, also uh, we've got uh, with us Tanya Abiyad, who has survived it twice now. Absolutely incredible. Dr. Tamir uh, Fadi is here, as well as uh, Tima Durian, who is organizing a hike tomorrow all in honor of uh, breast cancer survivors and those affected by it. Now, Tanya, I need to come back to you and your story because um, you survived it once Mm -hmm. and then it it came back or it started again with your second breast. Yes. So tell us what happened there. Uh, So I was fine. Mm. I was feeling fine. I was feeling healthy. Nothing was wrong. My hair grew back. I was having fun. And uh, out of nowhere... I felt a lump on my left breast, but this time it was, it was, it didn't feel like a normal lump, not, not like my right breast. It, f- it was bigger and it was flatter. It felt more like, like a muscle. So I didn't really think much. So I just have to say something. And although, like I said, I'm fluent in cancer language now, you might not understand when I tell you I'm on Zolodex injections. These injections stop my ovaries from producing estrogen. So it puts me in induced menopause. So this whole time I was in induced men- menopause. Then I talked to my doctor about possibly getting off these injections to see if I can get pregnant. So based on my history, I had like a six month to one year gap to get my period and get pregnant. So he said it's a 50-50 chance to get my period back. So what I did, I waited six months. I stopped the injections. Six months, I got my period. Three months after getting my period, I got breast cancer. So I think it was stopping the injections, my period coming back with a vengeance, sorry, a lot of hormone yeah. uh, action, probably shut up because my, I'm, I even remember a long time ago when, when I was married, I did IVF and uh, nothing was wrong with me, I would, but we had to do IVF. And uh, my doctor back then said, you produce, <laughs> sorry for this info, but you have such high estrogen, you produce a lot of eggs more than the average woman. Mm-hmm. So. But then he should have told me that there's a risk of cancer as well with that. But he, he never did. So wow. it could be a million things. But then that came back. Uh, I didn't know. Obviously, I left it for like three months. Then I was like, when my oncologist was out of town, I walked into another hospital. Wow. So she checked me. And she actually said, oh, it's nothing. It's just a muscle. Please put some cream on it. And in two weeks, it will go away. Okay. 
<laughs> I went back. I ignored it for another two weeks. I ignored it for another month. I'm like, oh, it's just a muscle. So I told my family it's just a muscle. Then I go to my oncologist when he came back to talk to him about the pregnancy. I was like, hey, doctor, by the way, can you please just check my breast? I'm sure it's nothing. The doctor told me uh, it's a muscle. And he looked at me and he goes, there's no muscle in the breast, Tanya. I said, huh? He goes, there's no muscle in the breast. He's like, who's this idiot that told you it's a muscle? Uh, so I, here I was like, I started getting pins and needles and like, you know, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get numb again. He's like, just, it could be fibroids. It could be because you got your period back. Don't panic, but I need you to do another mammogram. And of course, I went down and when I noticed that they were stuck on my left breast a lot, they were back and forth, back and forth. Okay, my hunch is telling me there's something wrong. Then when they're like, usually they just send the x-rays and they tell you your doctor will get in touch. This time she's like, the radiologist wants to come and see you. As soon as she came, she's like, we see something suspicious. When I hear that, I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I just looked at her and I said, can you just give it to me straight? Is it cancer or is it something else? She's like, I can't tell you until I do a biopsy. Can you please stay and do a biopsy? And uh, she did a biopsy and fair enough. My poor doctor, who, who I, I love so much, uh, had to call me in like uh, two days later to tell me he's, he was in shock because the likelihood of that happening with me in my case was, very, was, it was, it was highly unlikely. Mm-hmm. And uh, haram, like he, he just looked at me and he's like, I'm so, so, so sorry. You have breast cancer again. And I was like, oh, my God. In the other breast this time. In the other breast. I was like, no, no, no. It, you know, you become like it's, it's it, I was in shock. It's just a state of shock, uh, numb, shock. Yet, OK, I've been through it once before. But then I was like, I, are you serious? I was do- I was doing fine. I'm fine. I'm happy. I'm grateful. I'm doing every. I mean, wh- yeah. So that was again. I stayed three days without telling my family. I told my sister first. Uh, obviously, my sister broke down in tears. Uh, I mean, yeah. And then I stayed. I, I tried to like calm myself down. Couldn't eat for like three days. And then I put my parents on Skype. And then uh, it's funny how parents know. They just felt me a little bit distant. And then when I called them on Skype, uh, my mom just looked at me and she's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? You don't look. What's wrong? What's happened? Tell me now. Uh, yeah. The rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. Need this. Um, obviously, you can imagine what their reaction was, and uh, my, my 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 whole family. But like uh, as well, a mother to see her child is uh, is tough. Again, you went through the treatment. I did much tougher treatment this time. Much tougher treatment. Yeah, because it was stage. It was stage so the tough part was waiting to see if it had spread. That was that's where m- your biggest fear comes in. I want. I was like, my mom came obviously right away from Cyprus. We're waiting for the PET scan results. And I'm like just sitting on my nerves like, mm. oh, oh my God, please. And then when the results came out, it had spread luckily just to my lymph nodes and nowhere else. So it's funny that you say luckily, it's still cancer. But at least at that point, you're like, okay, well, at least it didn't go through all my organs. So, you, so you, your, your whole thinking shifts. And then I did, uh, I did everything. I did the red devil chemo, which is the strongest chemo, which is hell. Uh, I did radiation. I did the double mastectomy. What does that feel like? What does chemo feel like for those of us who... The thing is, there's different concoctions of chemo. There's like, I don't know, 500, 600 types of chemo that it's... uh, uh, The feeling... (laughs) It knocks... It's horrible. Wow. But look, I I have to say something. Uh, Also, it helps if you are... If you're fit or if you have a history... I've been an athlete all my life. Luckily, I'm not frail and thin and like, you know, luckily I'm able to handle a little bit more. But even with that, no, it, it's you're basically you're weak. Uh, your bones hurt. You can't get up from the couch. You can barely move. Oh, 
Oh, Max. Oh, Max, yeah. Max yeah. is getting emotional just yeah. thinking yeah. about yeah, it. I know. Very difficult. I know. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough. It is yeah. tough. Yeah. It's tough uh, for you and it's tough. Now <laughs> oh, he's making me emotional. Yeah. It's very hard. Uh, Dr. Tamar, I'm going to bring yes. you in now. Uh, give Tanya and Max a little bit of br a break. Uh, I know that you've got a lot to say about what Tanya just shared. Yes. Uh, first of all, when we are diagnosing uh, anyone with breast cancer, especially in young age, yes. in this, now we are doing like uh, genetic testing for anyone who is diagnosed with breast cancer in young age, mm. with positive family history, of course, so in this if we are really doing following these steps and we know that there is a gene we can expect that there will be another cancer because the gene is there and if we develop in one part of the breast but still the genetic affection is affecting all even without the gene if anyone has breast cancer in one side ha she she is at more risk more than the general population to have another breast cancer this is a new one. This is not spread of the old one, which is good because if it is spread, this means that the tumor has gone through the blood to another organ, even if it is uh, the other breast. But this is also bad that it may spread to other organs as well in the body. Yeah. No, unfortunately, it is good. It is a new one. But so for those people who were diagnosed with breast cancer, please follow your follow up protocol perfectly well and don't ignore anything that you feel in the other breast or in the same breast if, if it was treated by conservative surgery because this is like now we are treating 60% of patients with conservative surgery so the, she still have breast tissue and please uh, do the follow-up regularly and uh, very meticulously yeah okay. and and um, a, a big one to note right there like you said Tanya mm. there is no muscle yes. in your breast yes yeah. Any, I, you now I have now I have nothing in my breast now there's no no fat no <laughs> tissue no, I have, there's nothing so please don't try to find explanation to what you feel this is not your rule once you feel anything you have to go to the specialist yeah okay yeah. and Actually, now breast is a, is a specialty. So not every general practitioner or uh, the one who is not seeing cases too much have the whole awareness. Mm. So if you feel anything, please just go to the specialist. And I want to assure people who are listening, no, not every lump you will feel is a breast cancer. No, 85% yeah. of what you feel is nothing. Just go visit the specialist. Be assured that you have nothing. Get it absolutely checked yes, out. Yes, yeah. after it being checked out well. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> the, the, I mean, like um, like Max was saying and like Tanya was saying, you really need to find a doctor that you are comfortable with, of that course. you are very confident that they know what they're mm, doing. Yes. Um, you know, there are plenty of specialists, unfortunately, mm. out there who mm. will say that, you know, they specialize mm. in mm. an area, but mm. you might not have the right experience with them. So it's important to seek out, mm. you know, that doctor that can uh, definitely help you. We have uh, so much more to talk about. Uh, coming up next, we have to talk about the hike that is happening tomorrow. Um, Tima is uh, organizing this. It's called uh, Hike Hope Honor. Um, it's an amazing event and it, it does feature Tanya and Max and uh, Dr. Tamar as well. Lots more to come here on Life Beats. Pulse 95. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Oh wow, I tell you what, this is um 
It's a, just a really extraordinary moment, an extraordinary show with some uh, unbelievable guests that we have here in the studio with us, Tanya and Max, who are breast cancer survivors. Um, Max, I was just uh, asking you a little bit off air there about the, the hardest part about this struggle with breast cancer. Um, we talked about the chemo and, and that is incredibly hard. But for you, you know, what what is the hardest part of all of this? Hardest part is, yes, his chemo is really pain. But at the same time, more painful thing is after the chemo, when you are feeling this pain, you are thinking about your family. Mm. And of course, you don't want to hurt them. But at the same time, you're thinking you want to do something for them more. And you, you are thinking like, God, give me a little bit more time because I have a two sister and I want to make them happy and on that time even when I'm praying I said like God give me, give me a little bit time at least I will make for for my first sister married like after maybe after another one another one my, my father can work and a little bit make money and he can he can make my another sister like married so at the same time I'm I have a family here, yeah, my wife and kids, so even I'm thinking, because of this crazy pain and this all this, this is happening things, it makes you think more about life and and at that, that time I'm thinking even like found for my wife, new husband even at the same time. And it's like, it's so crazy, I know it's so crazy, but after that i start i start loving my life i start love come on guys love your life it's life so short and so beautiful and i start getting alhamdulillah i start getting better and better i start loving more life even when i'm going to gym i'm i'm having fun there i'm i'm dancing because it's life is i don't know everybody has a different different life like but some people is one day saying my life is tough god Come on, don't <laughs> say that. Look it around. Just enjoy. Life is so short, you know. Th- that's why you want to feel all this like a happiness, happy feeling the every time. So, yeah, that's the hardest thing when it's like pain. That's the more painful thing. It's thinking about every time, and that 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 this is the process. It's more painful. And and this is what helped you to overcome it as well. You know, just the the feeling that you have something to live for too exactly you, it, that's why I try to I try to make I, I told myself oh come on after that I did like oh come on you have a lot of things to do and we don't have a time to sit and thinking like this and I just start going to the gym new life again new everything is new like let's do this let's do this and I'm going start going to the uh, parties friends <laughs> because I don't my, most of my friends they don't know about my problems then they, they when they heard first time heard they said like seriously it's not but you are joking you are so healthy look at you like i am healthy alhamdulillah thanks god to make yes. make my body like this you know? <laughs> yeah i'm enjoying now it's like this is the this is the thing guys guys life is so short and the same time so beautiful enjoy every moment in your life mm. every moment yeah Take advantage of it. Tanya, you're nodding um, as Max is is talking (laughs) there. Yeah. For you, it's a similar experience. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Look, I'm not one to say that when before I got cancer, I wasn't grateful. Of course, I was grateful. 
So from my first cancer, it taught me to be even more grateful. And then second cancer, I'm like, okay, I'm not joking, by the way. Every morning now, I'm like, okay, thank you that I'm breathing. It, so it becomes gratitude for even the, the smallest things that you take for granted. I know it sounds like a cliche, but I, I really do. This is what happens now. So now I'm like, okay, I was grateful for my life, my family, my house, my dogs, you know, my friends. Now it's like, okay, thank you that I woke up, I'm alive. Thank you that I am healthy, I can walk. Thank you for my arms, for my legs. Thank you for my car, thank you for my work. Thank you, it's like that. It's become like a, a thank you about every exactly. single thing that you could, you don't even think about, yeah, your, your yeah, breath. Yeah, yeah. The fact that I wake up the next day, I'm actually grateful that I'm alive. It's, it's surreal, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's surreal, it's extraordinary. I mean, just the two of you are such a, an incredible example and, um, uh, Tima, you're putting together this hike tomorrow. Max and uh, Tanya are going to be there. Dr. Tamil is going to be there as well. Uh, you've got about 85 people who are coming now. This is huge. You know, what you're doing by uh, bringing Max and Tanya along, by, by involving everybody, you're not only raising awareness, but bringing, connecting people together and inspiring them in incredible ways. That's what the mountains are teaching me, right? Yeah, that's what I the think mountains I'm the are one who's you. supposed to be really, really grateful being with the two heroes here today. I'm super excited for the talk now. Like, I was excited, but now I'm beyond excited. The amount of awareness, motivation, lessons to be learned from them is, is extraordinary. Uh, the hike is something, but they are something else, in my opinion. Um, they, if it wasn't for them, this whole thing is not going to be happening anyway. Um, yeah, getting outdoors and all that. I don't even feel like talking about it. I'm just thinking about the breast cancer and how serious it is. Yeah. Um, I really hope like it makes an impact and people actually, both men and women, go do their checkups. Um, so about the hike, quick one is going to be tomorrow uh, at 8 to 1. We're going to hike 2.5 kilometers into the mountains. We're going to have a nice setup. Ford uh, is helping us with the cars. Um, Sajaya, a big thank you. The girls from Kilimanjaro, they're going to come. They're going to be leading with us. Yes, um, the young young ladies of um, yeah. Sajaya in Sharjah. Big yeah. shout out to them as well. They were on the show with you a few weeks ago because yeah. they went up Kilimanjaro and they're leading mm-hmm. this they're hike. Be, because we're a lot. We're, I think we're about 100 now. I'd say 85, <laughs> but I, I completely <laughs> lost track. 85 at the beginning of the show and yeah. as we were talking, <laughs> suddenly it's shut up to 100. Exactly. <laughs> and then um, there is uh, so uh, who else? So there's decathlon. We're gonna be giving backpacks after we ask questions after the talk. Uh, we have uh, yellow travel, yellow cleaning, tons of co. We have. Um, there are so many people who have helped me put this together that I'm so grateful and thank you for doing this radio uh, interview to put their stories out there to put the hike out there as well and to create more awareness i think it's everyone's responsibility to give back to humanity contribution is the main thing i think i want to do this every month now (laughs) after like breast cancer i think i'm gonna wait for every month and see what kind of um awareness is being happening around a certain topic and probably put this together because i think it's really like 
giving it's just giving back it's beautiful and what's really nice about this like it's free zero monetary value just come all the collaboration that's happening with the people who are helping me the organizations and all they're giving everything for free i'm not making money nobody's making money and like um please come in pink to show support yes mm-hmm. i'm in pink today yes. this is my mm-hmm. only pink top and i came in it today just for that um but you know this is uh, incredible and uh, we've been talking about this for for weeks and and i'm I'm so glad we finally got Tanya and Max here to to share your stories. I would love for the two of you, Tanya, we'll start with you, final thoughts and and what you want to leave people with um, uh, with this. Well, Mm. uh, trust your gut and you're not a statistic. Yes. You're not a statistic. So no matter what you read, you can defy all the odds. You can can overcome everything. and please use the power of your mind. What was the one thing that got you through that, you know, twice you've been through this? What's what's the one thing that you would say got you through it? I want to live. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I want to be alive. I That's live. it. That's it. I just, I want to live. I don't want to die. So. And Max, for you, final words. Love yourself. Love yourself. You can give a lot of love for everyone. And life is so short. Enjoy every moment in your life. Because life is so beautiful, same time. It looks like hard, but it's beautiful. If you have, if you've been through all of small, small pain, it means next you can see beautiful things. So yeah. that's why just enjoy every moment in your life because life is beautiful. It sure is. Thank you, Max. Uh, Dr. Tamar, final words that you, you want to leave everybody with uh, to make sure that uh, we see fewer and fewer cases like okay. this. I'd like to tell everybody, be mm-hmm. aware of the disease, yes. but don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. The disease is not fatal. You have seen here survivor one time, twice time. It's okay. And not even everything that you will feel is going to be malignant. But please don't ignore any symptom that you may have. Check yourself regularly, go to see a specialist, go follow the screening program, and don't worry and live your life to the most, but don't worry. And also, just please don't uh, don't get all your info from Dr. Google. Yes, okay, please. <laughs> that's a big one. It's true. <laughs> okay. That's the worst, the worst option to go through. Yeah, Go okay. and seek professional help from somebody that you trust. Dr. Tamar, thank you so much. Tima, what an absolute pleasure. It always is to have you. We're all excited for the hike tomorrow. Uh, Make sure you get out there. um, Get onto the socials. Uh, Tima, Mountain Gypsy on on social. Uh, If you want to contact her, if you want to get more info about this and what's going on, and make sure you follow uh, Tanya and Max as well. Extraordinary people. Dr. Tamar, thank you so much. Lots more to come in the next hour here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.